There are some minor league organizations with surprising depth at certain positions. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at eBay Motors. For parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check mark so you can stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBay.com, let's ride. So there are some minor league organizations that are seen as not having great farm systems or seen as specializing in one specific thing. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are seen as position players. They don't really have much, but they're really good and deep at pitcher. The Miami Marlins, uh, seen, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, seen as good at pitching. And then the Guardians also have a ton of middle infielders. But there are a few systems that have surprising depth where people either think it's a weakness or just don't realize that it's that good. And the Padres are a team that are commonly considered to have a poor farm system because they have traded away so many prospects in so many deals. A.J. Preller is a very aggressive general manager, and he he has never met a prospect he is unwilling to trade. He will make whatever deal he needs to make to make this team better. And so when you look at that, a lot of the top prospects in this system are guys that were acquired somewhat recently. Jackson Merrill, Robbie Snelling, guys, Dylan Lesko, guys who were all somewhat recent. But I do want to point out that the San Diego Padres have a surprising, like a surprisingly deep pool of catching talent. Uh, So the number three prospect in the system, according to Baseball America in their midseason re-rates, is catcher Luis Campusano. 2017 second rounder out of high school would be the starting catcher this year if not for the fact that he's been injured. They hadn't been getting great production out of of, uh, NOLA. And so the thought process was they were going to give him more opportunities. He, He played 16 games in the bigs last year and... They were going to give him a bigger role this year. He had played in like seven games and he got injured, had thumb surgery, and he's out till at least the All-Star break. But last year, he spent almost the entire season, short of his little bit, his short call up, in AAA El Paso with the Chihuahuas. 81 games, he batted 298, 363, 483. 14 home runs, 30 extra base hits. 33 walks to 62 strikeouts. Uh, Did not steal a base. He has one stolen base in his minor league career coming in 2021 in El Paso, but he has been caught three times. So he's one for four. Uh, Speed is not part of his game, but what he does is, one, he profiles as a guy who is going to be above average offensively, which, as we know, is not something a lot of catchers do. The bar to be playable at catcher offensively is so much lower than just about any other position on the field. And it's something where his power is above average. He can go from foul pole to foul pole for it. And the thought process, and you can kind of see it from those minor league numbers, 
is he's going to be able to hit for both average and power. Uh, he's in the minors. He was really good at pitch recognition and strike zone discipline, being able to, to cover the zone, uh, lay off of pitches that are chase or waste pitches. But in the brief call-ups we've seen in the majors, and again, he had seven games this year, he had 16 games in 22, and he actually got 11 games in 21. He was a little bit too aggressive at the plate, looking to go out and do a little bit too much damage. He's got two career, uh, I'm sorry, three career home runs in the majors and five total extra base hits in 35 games. His career slash line in the bigs is 198, 237, 302. He's better than that. Uh, now, one of the other things, and this is catchers so much more than any other position, is you have to talk about the defense. His blocking's got significantly better. He's at least average. I think the arm is probably plus, but it's, co it's commonly graded out as above average. Uh, the game calling, he's gotten better at understanding how to do that, build that game plan with the pitchers in conjunction, and then calling the game, uh, calling the entire game, carrying the guys, helping pass the baton from the starter into the bullpen to get all the way through. So he's gotten he's gotten better. He has the athleticism, not the speed, but he has the athleticism to be to be a decent blocker. I'd call him average defense right now, but it's something where Austin Nola's the guy because he's been injured, and when he comes back from injury, again, probably sometime after the All-Star break, is when you're going to see him take over that role. Now, behind him, there's quite a few guys in this system who are also rated prospects and or pretty promising. We talked on the Prospect Team of the Week just yesterday about Brandon Valenzuela, the 2017 IFA, who is in, I believe, high A right now. Yeah, he's in high A Fort Wayne. Uh, he spent... The end of 21 there, spent all of 22 in high A and is back there in, uh, in, in high A in 2023 and is probably about ready to get moved up and go to double A. So you can listen to tomorrow's show. It's the, uh, yesterday's show. It's the first segment talking a little bit more about Brandon Valenzuela. But the guy everybody wants to know about uh, is one of the biggest stories in, in the prospect world, Ethan Salas. Uh, so... International free agent, the number one international free agent in the class, was born in 2006. So he is, he is like 17 years old, and he is playing in low A. The thought process was like, yeah, he's going to debut in the DSL this year. And instead, he was here, he was, he was stateside for spring training, got in spring training games with regulars, and then boom, he's in low A Lake Elsinore. 11 games there. Uh, small sample size, mind you, 9 of 42 with a home run and a double, 11 walks to 14 strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. The story here is he's considered to be like a plus defender. The arm is somewhere above average to plus as he continues to get stronger because, again, he is a very, very young player. He is He's not even old enough to like vote yet, buy cigarettes, any of that stuff. Uh, but something where... As Ethan Salas continues to physically mature, the thought process is his defense is going to get to at least average uh, and, and possibly more depending on how the physical development happens. Him being stateside, him having access to the minor league under the new nutrition rules and everything under the CBA, that's definitely going to help with, uh, with that provided that the, the proper work ethic and stuff on his part is put in. The expectation is that it's going to be put in. 
Defensively, he looks to be, I mean, he's pretty athletic, so the blocking should be good. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned the arm already being pretty strong. The pop times are really good. I think I saw something he was recorded under 1-9 for a pop time in a game just recently. So, obviously, long way to go, right? But still very promising to have a player this young already in affiliated ball, and holding his own. I mean, he's got 11 walks to 14 strikeouts in 11 games. He's holding his own, and he's not even 18 years old yet. You also have a guy like a Lamar King, 2022 fourth rounder last year out of high school, uh, something where his dad uh, was a defensive end in the NFL. And so he's got that big physical frame. Uh, has been doing most of his stuff not in games. He's been on the development list some last year. He's only caught in four games this year, kind of some of the same stuff. But uh, speed is pretty decent. Arm is big, but projects to have a, like being offensive first guy, projects to have above average to plus power. Uh, still needs work on all of this, the catching stuff, just like a usual prep catcher does. So that's kind of why he hasn't been in a ton of games. But uh, four guys who could all project to be at least major league backups, if not starters. And you like Salas and Campisano look like they could be uh, starters and probably fringe to somewhere in the top 100 for all of prospects in baseball. So surprisingly deep for a system that's regarded to be not that strong for the San Diego Padres. In just a minute, the Miami Marlins, we mentioned them as having great pitching, but I think that their middle infield's a little bit underrated, and we'll get to that next. But first, Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Not sure if you've heard the background noise in the recording. We are under a tornado watch right here by the Locked on MLB Prospects Studios. Uh, it has been pouring all day. I had to run outside right before recording and go and grab lawn chairs that were threatening to blow down the road and bring the TV in off the deck and all of this stuff. And I'm wearing a pair of Bird Dogs joggers. So I had to get up and run out there, chase a thing down, fix a gutter, all of this stuff. Worked out just fine. I was able to stretch, do all the stuff I needed to do, break into a quick jog, all of that. Still dry, still look good, still feel good. Shout out to Bird Dogs. Uh, whether it is shorts, whether it is pants, whether it is joggers, Bird Dogs have this fantastic uh, cloud knit fabric. Looks like khaki, but it stretches. The silhouette is flattering. It has like an like a sweat wicking anti stink fabric, so you look good, you smell good, you feel good. You can get all the stuff done you need to do, even if you don't expect that thing is going to be chasing a lawn chair down the street. So, go to birddogs.com/lockedonmlb. Enter promo code lockedonmlb for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's right. They will not only protect the boys, they will protect the beverages. That's birddogs.com slash locked.mlb for a free Yeti-style tumbler. These are the greatest pants in the world. Okay, the Miami Marlins are seen as being very good with developing pitching. And their pitching staff at the major league level is kind of consensus, like if, if not the hardest throwing staff, uh, top to bottom in the majors. And that's I mean, it's Yuri Perez, Sandy Alcantara, all these guys, just tons of skill there. But I think that there's a little bit, I think we've underestimated the quality of the middle infield for the Miami Marlins as far as the minor league prospects. There's a bunch of guys that are shortstops, uh, can play second base, 
or guys that are third baseman that can also go out to first base, which isn't technically middle infield, but work with me here. So one of the prominent guys that stands out to me is Jacob Amaya. Uh, 2017 11th rounder by the Dodgers, and he was part of the trade when LA went out and got Miguel Rojas after they lost Gavin Lux for the year. And when you look at what he's done this year, 54 games in AAA Jacksonville. He was in AAA Oklahoma City with LA, so it's the same level, just different league, different team. 278, 347, 449. Eight home runs, 17 extra base hits, 21 walks to 47 strikeouts in 54 games, one for two on stolen bases. I think looking at Jacob Amaya, he is he is one of the better defensive infielders in the system. He's not the best. There's another guy I want to get to in just a minute, but something where or his his defense is very reliable, right? He can make all of the plays you he makes all of the routine plays, he makes all of the borderline plays, and he makes some of the plays that he really should have no business making. Uh, the, his instincts really really good. The shift ban hasn't really resulted in a, in a drop off in his defense which tells you it's not so much positioning as it is just innate skill. We talk about hitters are born, not made. I feel like really exceptional defenders are the same way. They're not made, they're born. You can adjust a guy to get to get him slightly better if he is, for some reason, uh, you know, like not an amazing defender. You can position him correctly. You can do things like that. But Jacob Amaya is a natural defender, has a plus arm. Uh, it's accurate. He can handle a funny hop. He can go both directions, left and right. He can charge balls. He can back up. He can back pick. All that kind of stuff that he has to do. He's very, very good and reliable at being a shortstop. Uh, he's closer to the bigs than you would imagine. The issue here is his offense. He's got pretty decent strike zone discipline. You can look at some of the numbers. I mean, 21 walks to 47 strikeouts in 54 games. Striking out less than once a game, so that's a great thing. But Kind of a guy who, uh, it, a lot of it is when he gets out of his approach and he kind of gets in into his feels. So uh, he's prone to try to sell out to get power. And if he's not able to get that power, uh, it's a, sometimes a little bit, there's a little bit of a mental issue there. It's frustrating. And it's one of those, yeah, in retrospect, I sh- like, I'm mad at myself because I should not have sold out for a home run there. I should have. Uh, I should have just removed the runner over. And he does pretty good when he's like when it's those crucial situations. It's kind of back to that mentality thing. Like in the like the end of the day, he does good at under at, at keeping the approach with like runners in scoring position, things like that. But it's just a overall, he's got to be a little more consistent with things like that. Uh, I do think that the power, there's a question about the ceiling on the power. So I don't know that he's ever going to be. I mean, maybe even average to, you know, power, never mind plus power. I'm not necessarily sure he's going to get to average power, but defensively, he's absolutely a lot to make the majors. It should be any time now, depending on how health and things go for Miami at the major league level. Uh, I do think he's going to be lower in the lineup. He's going to be one of those defense first guys, but he absolutely can play. And there's a couple other guys in this system that I do like their potential as well. You talk about like an off, maybe like an offense over a defense profile, or just maybe even one of the most, uh, the, the highest ceiling prospects in this system. And I'm going to get this name wrong. 
Yidi Kape signed as an international free agent in 2020 out of Cuba, has had a little bit of struggles this year in high A Beloit compared to what he did in Jupiter last year. So in Jupiter, he, he, he split the year between rookie ball and Jupiter. Uh, 278, 299, 380. Three home runs, nine extra base hits, struck out 22 times in 37 games. This year in high A Beloit, 54 games, he's batting 231, 270, 344. Uh, four home runs, 15 extra base hits, nine walks to 50 strikeouts. Uh, it feels like it's something where the, the issue is, like the swing is very good. The issue is, He's too aggressive. He chases way too much. And it's something where, like, he recognizes the pitches. And at a certain level for a professional athlete, you need to have almost irrational confidence that you are a very good player. Like, just to make it in professional sports, you have to have that mentality. But in his case, you can see the mentality at the plate because he'll recognize, hey, this is a slider off the plate. And he swings anyway because he's like, I can hit it. It'll be fine. And so it's, it's something where the physical tools are there. He's getting stronger as he physically develops, as he gets older. Uh, the arm is good enough where if he gets too big and has to move to third base, it's a plus arm. He's fine. The ceiling on everything, like on ceiling on the hit tool, ceiling on the power tool, on the defense, depending on if he's at short or third, is like above average to plus for all of these things. It's just very much down to the approach and the mindset. And you've got to figure out the right way to attack to, to, to approach how hitters or how pitchers are attacking you and do better at not swinging at chase and waste pitches like we talked about yesterday with Christian Encarnacion Strand. But either way, I like Yidi Kape. I'm sure I said his name wrong. Please correct me in the comments if, if you uh, know the right way to pronounce that. But either way, Really excited about the potential there. A couple other guys worth note of just real quick, because apparently I went a little longer than I thought I did. Uh, Xavier Edwards traded from the Rays to the Marlins. It was kind of a buy-low thing that they did here. Uh, it's something where uh, the, the Rays every year have guys, when it's time to make 40-man roster decisions, guys they have to move on from because they have so many prospects that are 40-man eligible that are really good. So they bought a little bit low there. Uh, speed's really good. Defensively, he can play just about every infield spot. Uh, he hasn't played first base, because why would you do that? But everywhere else is fine. Uh, the arm is uh, average to above average. He, uh, uh, Correction, I, I'd probably say average. Um, he really needs to get better at being aggressive on defense, so he's not, like, if it's a slow roller, you gotta charge it more aggressively, so you're not trying to rely on the arm that isn't entirely there to make the play. Uh, I don't really think there's a bunch of power in this profile, but uh, it's it's it very much reminds me if you had Luis Arise, a diet Luis Arise, who actually could run and play defense. So it's that uh, you're, you're going to have some of the lowest exit velocities on the major league roster, but he's going to make plenty of contact, not to the level of Luis Arise, but he's going to do it, and he's going to be able to play anywhere you need in defense. So he's a super utility kind of guy. Uh, and it's something where Tampa thought he was going to be more than that. He wasn't. They had more promising guys. They moved on by low by the Marlins. Uh, some other guys real quick. Jordan Groshans. I uh, got him from Toronto for some relievers last year. Another guy they bought low on. Power just hasn't really shown up. And the question is, where is that power going to be? 
Uh, just hasn't shown even just like raw power in batting practice. Just doesn't really have power. So it's a weird profile for third base. Uh, Jacob Berry, the draft pick out of LSU, uh, is struggling this year. And it's something where he's got to unlock the power. He's in he's in high A Beloit batting like 185 with a 304 slugging. He struck out 47 times in 47 games. Uh, defensively, it looks like he's going to have to move to first base. So it's definitely you have to hit for power because you're not going to stick at third base. And uh, it's just, there's a question like, yeah, he's striking out, uh, you know, he's, he's not striking out a lot. He's striking out once per game. He's walking plenty, but like he's not making great impact when he swings the bat. So we got to fix that. Uh, Nassim Nunez is the guy that I'm really excited about in this system. He is the best defensive shortstop in this system. And I really think if he can work on the pitch recognition being better, he's a guy that can absolutely play at the major league level. Uh, the big wild card here, Khalil Watson. We've, Every day, as we remember, we've documented some of his issues before, both at the plate and uh, mindset-wise, behavior-wise. Last year, uh, he's back in high A. He's in high A Beloit this year. Uh, he's rebuilt a little bit of value, but he's got to figure it out because he's going to come up on a uh, Rule Five decision sometime in the, in the next couple seasons, and he's got to like he's got to get this figured out. In just a minute. Let's talk about the New York Yankees. A lot of folks say the Yankees have no pitching, and I'm here to tell you they have some pitching. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back to Locked on MLB Prospects. Going over some of the underrated position groups in the minors, the Yankees are seen as having no pitching whatsoever. And they have a couple guys to be really excited about. There's just some questions about ceilings on these guys and the development. So. Will Warren's been one of the stories, and he was kind of considered a couple weeks ago, you know, a month or so ago, to be the best prospect in the system. 2021, best pitching prospect in the system. 2021 eighth rounder out of Southeastern Louisiana. Six games in double-A Somerset. Here's why everybody was so high on him. 3-0, 2-4-5 ERA in 29 in the third innings. 39 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts per nine, to 12 walks, 3.7 per nine, no home runs allowed. They bumped him up to AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar, and he stumbled a little bit. Two and three with a 7.08 ERA in 20 and a third innings. Sable size is small, right? Uh, he's, he's not striking out as many guys, 9.3 per nine. He's walking a little bit more, 4.3 per nine versus 3.7. But the difference here, six home runs allowed. Is he the guy that we're seeing in Scranton Wilkes Bar? He's not. Is he the guy we saw in Somerset? I don't think he is. The true Will Warren is somewhere in the middle. When they got him, they spent a bunch of time reworking what he did. Uh, they had a, a he he threw a four seam fastball and a curveball. They gave him a two seamer and a slider. He later added a cutter, and so it's 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 a lot of vertical. Um, it was a vertical game for him because it's 12 to 6 curveball and the four seam up in the zone. They added stuff to go laterally. They had the big Yankee sweepy slider. They had a cutter, two seamer run in the other direction. The idea was expand it, give you more options here. Uh, it kind of feels like the command comes and goes. That's some of the question about his ceiling. And so it's going to be, is he going to be like a sinker slider ground ball guy? Is he going to get the strikeouts? What's he going to do? But either way, I do like Will Warren. I think he's better than what you've seen at AAA, although he's maybe not the two and a half ERA guy we saw, we saw in Somerset. 
Uh, a guy that I think is probably the number one prospect in the system as far as pitchers go right now is Chase Hampton, 2022 sixth rounder out of Texas Tech. Uh, nine games in high A, two and one, two six eight ERA in 47 innings pitch, 77 strikeouts, 14.7 per nine, two 16 walks, 3.1 per nine, five home runs allowed. They've really helped streamline his mechanics. It's helped his velocity. The fastball now sits 94 to 95. Uh, I have it as a 70 grade fastball, which just on velocity, you wouldn't think it would be that high, but it gets like 20 inches of induced vertical break. So it is very, very good at staying up in the zone. And then to go with that, he throws a bunch of pitches that all go different directions. He's got a curveball. He's got a slider. He's got a cutter. He's got a changeup. It's really good. Like he can throw stuff against both lefties and righties. He's had good success as far as platoon wise with guys on lefty, like with lefties and righties. And so the whole thing here is getting reps, getting more experience, getting better at the sequencing and being able to land everything for strikes when you need to, if you find a hitter that doesn't want to chase. But Chase Hampton is the most promising prospect in the system. I believe he's top four in the minors in a lot of the categories like strikes to walk ratio, uh, CSW, called strikes plus whiffs. A lot of those, he is a top four pitching prospect in the minors. So very promising is Chase Hampton. Drew Thorpe's a guy that really intrigues me. 2022 second rounder out of Cal Poly. 10 games in high A. So again, Hudson Valley. 5-1, and one, 291 ERA in 58 and two-thirds innings. Uh, 71 strikeouts, so 10.9 per nine to 20 walks, 3.7 per nine, or sorry, 3.1 per nine, four home runs allowed. Another guy that just uh, has continued to get velocity on the fastball. Um, and, and when he got drafted, it sat like 91. It's a little bit better here, but he still needs more velocity on that. And they've kind of done some of the same stuff they did with Will Warren, took him, uh, kind of taking him out back to the shed done some work, pulled him back out, and he's a better pitcher. Throws a, throws a slider, fantastic changeup. And so, again, looks really impressive, needs a little bit more work. There are a ton of pitchers out here. Richard Fitz, Clayton Beater, we talked about him the other day. Luis Cerna. I do think that you have a couple guys, again, question like questionable ceilings on some of these guys, and then you have some guys that could outperform their ceilings Yendris Gomez, to me, is a guy to watch. Went through Tommy John. And so last year when he came back from Tommy John, started at rookie ball, worked his way up, finished in double-A Somerset, didn't quite look like the same pitcher. I think that if he can get the velocity back, uh, get the slider to be a little bit tighter, and just knock off some of the rust, I think he might be a guy. But either way, there are lots of pitching, right-handed pitching prospects in this system and more, like, I think the, the Yankees are close to the point where we need to start discussing their ability to take a guy and dramatically improve him from when they get him to when he actually starts playing in their minor leagues. I look at a guy like a Randy Vasquez. Uh, was, was sitting there in Scranton-Wilkes Bar with a 5 ERA, 1-6 record in 10 starts. His first two starts in the bigs, 10 in the third inning, so he only goes five innings. 174 ERA. Like, 
the stuff that they're teaching these guys is working. It's just a matter of so many of these guys have entered the system recently. So they're in the lower part of the minors, with the exception of a guy like a Will Warren who's in AAA. They've got to get, they've got to progress through the system. So yeah, you might not have a ton of guys who can give you help right now, which obviously is what matters for the major league team, but you've got plenty of potential on the way, despite having sent out a bunch of guys at the deadline last year. One more show this week. In the meantime, if you have questions for the mailbag on Monday, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the Locked MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until tomorrow, remember, it's always a great time to play a minor leaguer.